Johnny, sometimes this happens where we finish an episode, go back to the beginning to do the ads and we're out of beer. But if I wanted to get a beer in town, where could I go? I would highly recommend the handlebar over off of 20th Street. What's that? It is a dope beer bar and restaurant with a new expanded menu and more taps since they just remodeled. Okay. And I get they probably have lots of hours, but if I wanted to go at like a happy hour, when is that? Oh, you bet. There is a happy hour every single day from two to six. You save $1 off of every single draft beer. You're saying I could get five beers, save a dollar on all of them, get another beer basically for free. So buy five, get one free, I think is what you're saying. I'm not sure that's how they advertise <laughs> math it. Math is math, But my I'm friend. pretty sure that's what's happening. Once again, that is the handlebar here in Chico, California at 2070 East 20th Street. Happy hour, seven days a week from two to six p.m. They are there for all your delicious craft beer and food needs. Check them out. This was a fun episode, right? This was awesome. Uh, let's talk about what we talked about. Sticky nuts, Lady Bird. That you're going, you're going reverse. Okay, yes, Sticky Nuts, Lady Bird, the film that came out this month. Uh, Catholic guilt. Sure, that's in the movie. Uh, um, growing up. The new beers from Revision Brewing Company out of Sparks. And another beer that you'll figure out eventually. And then jumping forward to the end, like you just said, we had a special guest, John Wallam. John, come on in here. And jumping back to the beginning. Boom. Hello, hello. And that's John Wallam. He is a patron on our Patreon page, and he uh, he brought he brought that sticky nuts for us to review. I did. Um, I'm missing a beer here. Oh, right, and that's why I missed it. Uh, Johnny Summers, what did we drink as our second beer? That was sort of uh, we drank a Bell's Two Hearted, yes. and there were some things we have experiences on it. Yeah. Um, you may have heard of it because it's a beer that displays Pliny as one of uh, or as the the favorite American beer, according to the National Homebrewers Association. Yes, it's a great episode. Please do stick around and listen. We had a great time. Everybody, say hi to our listeners and tell them to love the episode, or they're all dead to us. We talked so, about sexual biting, we talked about sexual biting as well. We did uh, tell them we should listen and. They they should love the episode or we will sexually bite them. Just say it all in one sentence. We're fine. One, two, three, go. This is a sexual bite. You should just listen me. or Johnny's going to sexually bite you. Sure. You know, that feels right. Yeah. Wait, man. Uh, to skip Wait, my you editing. you should listen or I'm going to sexually bite you. That's John Wallum saying that, by the way. Johnny Summers will never sexually bite you. No, unless it's consensual and you're my wife. And that's more information than you all needed. Here's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast about film and craft beer. My name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers, and we are pumped up this week. Hello again, cinemaphiles and beer lovers alike. That was good. Thanks. That was really nice. Was I just, liked it a lot. It was just off the cuff. It was good. We, uh, we're operating in some... Um, a new-ish feeling kind of studio space. We've done some new things with the room. We're operating under grave circumstances. It feels good to me. We've got a dope new table. We do. We, that was from last week, and now we have a secondary monitor that we've hooked up. We, yeah. We have, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We've consolidated our uh, cable running yeah. areas, so now we're very uh, compacted. Streamlined. Uh, spatially efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm very pleased. I am too. Yeah, it feels, it feels good. I got to adjust my microphone a little bit. Though. I didn't notice that when we were getting going. Better get that. Get it together. Yes. Um, this week, we are doing some fun things. We're seeing a movie that I've been hyped for for a few months now called Lady Bird. We are covering a new revision beer. They're out of Sparks, Nevada. And we're also doing a beer that Johnny brought, uh, which I think, should we save it or do you want to tell him now? Um, it's, I don't care. I didn't think about saving it. Take it away. Uh, Bell's Two-Hearted Ale, which just um, beat Pliny at something. 
Yeah, which we will expand on as the show gets going. Because we're super prepared. And we have our notes in front of us. Yeah, but, we'll get to that when we cover the beer. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, I was just in Reno and I drove back today, actually. Saw Lady Bird for a second time in the theater. And I picked up this beer and Johnny's going to tell you what that beer is. Yeah, you saw it for the second time. I just want to point that out. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, I want to see it again, too. Uh, really, like a lot. I yes. was a little jealous you got to see it again. So the first beer we're covering is Revision Brewing Company's Jewel Box Northeast Style Hazy IPA. Yes. And there's a pretty thorough description uh, on their website. I'm pretty sure it's exactly what it says on the can, though. Sure. Read the can. Northeast Style IPA with 100% Galaxy Hops. What's up, Galaxy? Sign us up. Notes of pineapple and guava. Rock the house. Yep. It's an IPA. 6%. 35 IBUs. And it comes in a really cool can. Yes. I enjoy the can. Uh, I know a guy that would be able to tell me like what constellation that is. Mm-hmm. It's probably famous. Ooh, remind me to, we're not going to remember it, but I just finished watching True Detective season one with Gianna. So good. I paid some serious attention to the final shot, which is a pan, uh, it's a pan up into the stars. Yeah. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of conversation on Reddit about like what that constellation is. The general consensus is Orion, the hunter, but there's some like crazy theories. Hmm. doesn't matter now, but there is a constellation on this, this, this can here. I loved that show. Yeah, it was so good. The first season and then the climax of it was just mm-hmm. like, oh my God. Yeah, watch True Detective if you haven't. Don't watch season two. See, though. I knew you were going to say that. I actually really love season two. It's not even the same as season one, but it's. I think it's really good. Wasn't a fan. I heard season three is going to be like as good as the first one. Oh, yeah, I hope so. I don't know. I got to figure that out though because I'm off of cable. Right. You should talk about that in a minute here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what, what are your initial thoughts on this beer? It's super guava. Yeah. Very, very yeah. guava. Yeah, I um, picked it up. Sorry, were you, I thought you were going to take a drink. No, go ahead. Uh, no, I picked it up after um, something of an excursion on a mountain in Reno, and I'll touch on that in a little bit here. But um, I popped into the, the brewery because I had to swing back over to the place that I was playing and jump on stage within the hour. So I just was like, okay, I'll grab this. And I don't remember if I even tasted this one, but they were releasing it, I think, uh, maybe a week ago, and they still had cans. So I grabbed a four-pack of this, and here we are. Nice. Yeah, but super guava, you were saying. It's very guava, very tropical, very pineapple. It is not too orange juicy. You know, a lot of the the New England style beers have that real heavy mouthfeel, you know, that thickness of like an or really like a pulp, pulpy orange juice. I think there's actually been a couple beers called Pulp. Sure. Didn't Fieldwork do one Mm -hmm. called Pulp? They did. That's the only one I knew of. I think it's just that one. No, they did one called Pulp Free. Oh, is that right? So there's no, it wasn't hazy, it was just an IPA, but it had the name. So whatever. So yeah, I like this because of that. It's not super fruity, and there's definitely a big galaxy hop note, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Uh, very, yeah, it's very crisp. It's mm-hmm. very refreshing, and it's got kind of a bitter, dry finish, which I think is a stark contrast to a lot of the beers in this style that finish really juicy mm-hmm. and like leave your mouth watering. This one's got that nice like IPA dryness on the finish. That sure, I, I kind of I like that. Yeah, I dig it a lot. Like like you were saying, it's only 6%, so it's very drinkable. It's not, uh, I think part of the lack of sweetness comes from the the medium bodied alcoholiness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you get some of those double IPAs that are like 9.5%, and it's a really, really strong, almost almost too sweet sometimes. But yeah. this is really well balanced. I, I like the crap out of this beer. Me I too. I'm glad we grabbed this. I think it's one of the better, uh, personally, for my taste, it's one of the better representations of mm-hmm. that style. Yeah. Uh, it really hits all the notes that I want. It's still got enough of that beer flavor. Uh, that style really gets away from my personal liking when it just tastes like orange juice. Yeah. And it's just too orange juice heavy. I don't want to drink more than like a half a glass of that ever. 
So yeah, I feel you. Now, am I correct in assuming this has distribution to Chico already? Yes. Okay, it's this one and um, another one they do. Planetary Fog, I think. That one like just came out the other day. Right. Yeah. Um, and also like Disco Ninja, Tahoe Hayes got out here. The the yellowy one. I just saw the label. The double IPA they just did. Gotcha. Um, so they you you'll see some of their stuff around, and their their year round hoppy beers are all distributed in this area. The Doctor Lupulin or whatever. I mean, they've done a yeah. bunch. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's probably worth noting. Um, this is a fairly new brewery, right? Yeah. With not fairly new brewers. No, Jeremy from formerly of uh, Knee Deep, Knee Deep mm-hmm. started his own brewery uh, and called it Revision, and a lot of his. Well, instrumentation of the original knee deep recipes kind of carried over and he did a lot of jabbing at the it see i mean even in the name of his brew, like revision like a revised version of uh-huh. the original exactly um, so he's he's i don't know the whole story but it seemed like he kind of just wanted more freedom gotcha and now they're doing <clears throat> amazing hoppy beers and amazing new england ipas mm-hmm. they're really just hitting all the marks that you want from a brewery right now yeah i was trying to find i'm sorry i'm scrolling on my phone i was looking for the uh I had a list of some beers that were seeing distribution. I was hoping I could find it, but I can't. Hmm. Well, that's like just a rough idea. Yeah, totally. Get it at Spikes, bro. Right, that's what I was going to say. I don't and think sis. it's it's not widely distributed in Chico, but for sure Spikes has it. Um, maybe other places, but I... A few other have, places around town Spikes I've seen. has enough. Yeah. Go there. Use our discount. Exactly. Um, what do you think of it overall? You like it, obviously. You want to give me a, you want to give me an out of 10? Yeah, overall, it's really good. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. I really like it. That's lower than I thought you were going to say. Um, I think just overall, um, I'm not the biggest fan of this style anymore. Mm. It's just lost its luster yeah. for me. I mean, this is good. This isn't something I would pay the price that they're asking for for a four pack. That is the tricky part because they're they're about um, they're they're sixteen or seventeen or eighteen dollars. Yeah. I can't remember. They're all a little bit different, but it's somewhere in that range for four of them. Pretty much just count on like twenty bucks out the door, which is like a wholesale. It's not like you're going at a like that's the price I would pay for a pint at a at a place right mm-hmm. like you'd pay 450 at the brewery for a pint of their beer um and in a in bulk or in four or six packs you'd expect a little bit of a discount right um also i understand that that's kind of the market for a lot of these yeah. one-off but four packs like like anything from knee deep or from moonraker or any like field work new glory that anything in this area they're all between like 16 and 18 yeah which is fine um but rarely will i buy those beers twice I mean, we drank so many different beers. It's hard for me to justify going back and just rebuying them when I can get a delicious six pack of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale right here for like seven bucks. Right. I don't know. Well, no, I mean that's fair. I just the the desire for being adventurous versus just the pure economical feasibility mm-hmm. of Sierra Nevada. Like I just went to Costco and got a case of snowpack for twenty three dollars. Yeah. yeah. That's why I was thinking the four pack of that's eighteen bucks out the door. It's, you might as well get a case, right? A case. Yeah. <laughs> case but at the same time like you can get a 30 rack Coors Light for 15 bucks so yeah but we're not we're not only talking about quantity here like yeah, there's, there's a line yeah the Sierra Nevada and Chico really runs this line of you know quality versus uh maybe like a delicate a, balance a of the two yeah it really rides mm. that line well I mean we're spoiled rotten in Chico getting right. that, that pricing but and and also we're pretty spoiled when it comes to just the rotating door of beers yeah. that we we drink at this table so it's it would be really I don't think there's ever been how many it'd be fun to go back and see how many beers we've done on the show that we've actually gone out and bought 
on our own like personal time. Like afterwards? Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting. Because like I can't think of any. I mean, maybe a couple. Like I know I've bought more from Fieldwork. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Um, and then like New Glory, there's been a few. Like when Ubedank comes out, I'll rebuy that. I love that. Ubedank. It's good beer. I mean, and something like this. I mean, if I'm in the mood for uh, one of these beers, it reminds me a lot of Dojo from Moonraker. Yeah. Which is one of my favorites of the style just because of its its bitterness. Mm-hmm. And and Dojo's their their double IPA, right? Their double yeah. Northeast IPA. Mm-hmm. And Yojo's the single. Yeah, but okay. I would rank this probably a little bit higher than Dojo. I like this more than Dojo as well. Um, maybe just the the crushability of it. It's real tasty. It's it's easy. And it's, it's easy going. Doesn't feel heavy. No, not at all. And that's my one of my main complaints with that style is just the heaviness of mm-hmm. it. So yeah. yeah, I think it goes back to the sweetness and hiding the alcohol that Definitely. that does a number on on the mouthfeel. Yeah. I think and the fullness. In your belly, mm-hmm. it's like you drink one of those, and it's man, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna take a nap. I don't yeah. want to stay here and keep drinking. Well, my final thoughts on Revision Jewel Box, uh, it's like an eight and a half for me. Nice, this is a real good beer. Yeah, um, I'm actually glad I got a four pack. I'm I picked up beers for a couple friends, a couple of our patrons actually, and I'm I'm given uh, I bought basically a variety, so I'm I'm only having two of these, and two of them are going to uh, to Raleigh actually. Nice. Um, so I'm, I'm savoring these sips because they're they're quite good. So eight and a half for me. Uh, anything else you want to add about this beer? I love the label. I think yeah. it's the part of the beer that stands out the most for me. The The outline of the beer is like photo, not Photoshop, but like photo. Is that like, can you tell if that's like photo or if that's like painted the hops? Oh, gotcha. It's, yeah, I think it's somewhere in between, man. It's weird. Like it's like a very realistic illustration of hops all the way around. Yeah. And they create this frame of space. Mm-hmm. And it's got a really cool constellation in the middle. It's just a really eye catching can. It is. I enjoy it. Quite a bit. Although if you do see their planetary fog, that's, I mean, that's got some popping colors too. It's like, yeah. are, are all of their stuff like spacey? No. No, just these ones? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like a hop as the planet Saturn. That's pretty cool. With rings around it of like and red and orange. and Dope purple background. Yeah, and the purple really pops too. That's a good, that's a good logo. Is that is popping? That purple be popping. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, no, really good beer. Let's move on to our weeks, shall we? We shall. We're going to talk about something that I'm going to actually not go up. I'm going to go what's got me down this week, uh, which is not necessarily negative. It's going to be more funny than anything. But uh, there's a portion of the show where Johnny and I talk about ourselves and you get to know us a little bit without really having to get to know us. Yeah. Johnny, what's got you up or down this week? Oh, let's see. So much has happened. Did we talk about the cable thing or was that just you talked to me about the cable thing? Yeah, but But we we didn't on the show. No. So so we've uh, me and my wife have gotten off of of Comcast's as much as possible mm. we're trying to save money and buy a house be responsible all that stuff so we had a really fun experience trying to disconnect our cable uh, um it's the only thing harder than connecting cable is like letting go oh they don't man. want you no and they, they transfer you to like three different sales reps and they all try and t- sell you different things and it it was fun um yeah. but that long story short uh would be what's got me up is we switched over to PlayStation View. So now I'm watching TV, uh, live streaming TV on my PlayStation. Do you have a three or four? Uh, four. Yeah, I don't think you can do that on threes. Mm, I, maybe you can. I don't know. I'm not sure it's possible. But uh, yeah, we really like it. Basically cut our bill in half. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really geeked on that. Where does that set you with internet stuff? Um, we re- renegotiated our contract with um, Comcast. So you're just doing internet? Yeah, just internet from Comcast. And we got a really great rate on internet, and I'll tell you how. Because <laughs> yep. these ding-dongs, instead of just downgrading us, totally canceled our service. Yes. 
So they had to like kick us all the way back to brand new members. It was really cool. And don't they charge an activation fee which for new they, members? Yes, which they promptly waived. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is cool. Right. Yeah. So that was fun. I was hoping they wouldn't try and charge us that. But yeah, it's been neat. Um, kind of just separating yourself from big business in a fun way. Uh, way more economical. And also you just feel less dependent on mm-hmm. these like billion dollar companies. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Even though Sony's probably a billion dollar company. Oh, for sure. But um, different. Different. Because it's internet and not, well, I don't know. It feels different to me too. Yeah. I think it's different. So I don't know. I'm stoked on that. Cool, man. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Way to get off the, the teat of Comcast, as you say. Yeah. Um, and now yeah. let's all strap in because you've got a story to tell. Well, I'm going to say two things because um, we got a couple minutes before we go to break here. But um, I say that like somebody's like going to cut us off. Like yeah. we got a couple minutes before the man comes in and shuts off the recording. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure we no. could go. Yeah. You're that man, Max. Yeah, I am. I'm fighting myself. I'll say two things. Um, I'm going to start with the thing that's got me sore, basically, today. Okay. Yesterday in Reno, before my show, around 1 o'clock, I decided to go on a hike. I'm going to give the the short version of this. And I figured I'd eaten breakfast a couple hours ago, about four hours ago. I'd go on a quick two, three-mile hike, little loop, come on back, go get grab these beers for people, and then go to lunch maybe. Um, I'm going to pull it up so that you can see. And if anybody's so inclined, I'll, I'll put it on our Twitter as well so you can see what I ended up doing. But I ended up going on a hike that was nine miles um, from about 6,000 feet in elevation to 9,000 feet. And then back down. And No. Well, like yeah, four and, and a half, back down. Four yeah, and sure. a half up and four and a half down roughly? Yes. Actually, it was more like it was more like seven up, two down. Whoa. The, the last two miles was real steep. I got shin splints today. I was hard walking. Damn. It was not ideal, um, but the whole thing was I just was not prepared. I got about three miles in, which is when my brain was like, that's how far you're going, mm-hmm. and I was done. And I realized I looked on my phone because it was tracking my location. Um, I had gone down like a different trail than what I thought I was going down, but I still thought it'd be quicker to finish than turn around and go back, and it certainly was not. So that was where the critical that was a, decision. That was one of many. Yeah. yeah, I made a huge mistake there. And, um, it was not good. I remember thinking like, all right, this is the highest point. I was at about 7,100 feet. I was like, okay, at least it's all downhill from here. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out I had to go another like 9,000 or 900 feet uphill and it was snowing. It wasn't snowing, but there was snow everywhere. I love that you documented this on your Instagram story. Thank you for saying that. And I was following along. I'm like, wait, it's getting dark. Wait, yeah, yeah. it's. There's snow on the ground. Wait, it's starting to snow. And I was like, mm-hmm. God, I'm never going to see Max again. So the last thing that I had posted on Instagram was like when I hit 8,000 feet, I think. And after that, my sense of humor was gone. Mm-hmm. I was starving. I was dehydrated. <laughs> had to sing later. Mm. And I stopped posting on Instagram because my phone was also dying. I knew if my phone died, I would uh, get lost sure. on a mountain. And, and I would for sure die. <laughs> in, in the dark. I know that about myself. I would I would die. Yeah. In the dark, in the snow. Yes. At 8,000 feet. Yeah. I would get eaten or just starve. I don't know. I could probably... See, that was the thing. I, was, uh, I, I knew I wouldn't starve, but I don't know if I would make it till the morning. It gets oh, yeah. really cold. Really cold. But I tell you, I have never felt so... It, there, I've never had such a strong test of my will ever because there were times like i, I gotta stop and i was like i can't stop because mm-hmm. what's gonna i'm just gonna sit here and nothing's no one's gonna come and get me <laughs> that's that's how a lot of people uh, like end up dying yeah they'll just like, in the I snow gotta, and you're like oh, i'll just take I a just little gotta, nap i gotta take a rest and so, rest my feet and yes. then you wake up frozen 
Yes, it was not. It was not a good scenario. But that's also got to make you feel really alive. Once I finished, well, kind of. Yeah. Once I realized, I, I, my last Instagram post was in my shower yeah. at the hotel, and I took just a photo of the faucet mm-hmm. in my hand in the water because my hand was frozen for like an hour after the hike. Uh, so I was just sitting in the shower for like forty-five minutes before my show, trying to warm up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was nice. That's when I felt like, okay, I've done something. I, I achieved yeah. my goal. It's 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 always exhilarating doing something that's kind of got an inherent physical risk to mm-hmm. it. You kind of just push yourself a little right. bit further yeah. than you're used to, get out of your normal and kind of almost do some stuff that could potentially kill you. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. good. I will talk about the thing that got me up this week. Um and that was seeing Ladybird. That's no fair. I could have said that. Kind of. I know you could have, but I've really been psyched on this movie for maybe since it's what is it now? The end of November? Yeah. Since maybe like I don't know, August. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Um, How'd you first hear about it? I don't know. I think I was reading up about movies for the podcast and looking at what was going to be released throughout the rest of the year. And I saw that and I read a little bit about it and and it's a coming of age story, which we'll get into in the next segment here, but big sucker for a coming of age film Mm -hmm. uh, as you are. You you said you watched, rewatched Edge of 17, right? Yeah. It was really funny how it worked out the night that I said I was going to watch it. We actually ended up not watching it. Oh. So we watched it the day before we went to see this. Oh, so interesting. it was like one one night and then this the next night, mm-hmm. and it was really neat. Yeah, it was fun seeing the kind of the parallels and the different style of filmmaking. Right. To try and get um, a coming of age movie across, it was mm-hmm. really interesting having that comparison so fresh in my mind. Right. It was good. Well, as we said earlier, I saw I saw Ladybird twice. I want to go see it again. Yeah, I saw it once on uh, Tuesday mm-hmm. and once today, which is Thursday. And you were kind of a, you're a serial movie repeater. I'm actually not. I didn't really? even see La La Land twice. I didn't see it in the theater, at least. I don't think, the only movie I can think I'm of. I'm pretty any, sure you saw La La Land. I said I wanted to see it, but I never actually did. And it's something that haunts me till this day. I'm pretty sure no one listening believes you either. No, I swear. And I wish I would have seen it. You got to believe me here. I, I wanted to see it again. Also, I forgot to save the ticket stub. So I got another one you today. Saved one. Yeah. I just remember that yeah, right that's now. Yeah, that's okay. Um, it's probably in my pocket somewhere. But the only movie that I've seen twice in the theater, Thor notwithstanding, because that didn't count, uh, I think was Logan Okay. this year. And I saw that three times. Nice. I'm scrolling through our other stuff. Um, I guess maybe that cancels out the Lego Batman, which I didn't see once in theaters. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I haven't. Uh, it's, it's the one movie that I made a point to go see within a few days. Um, and I love this movie. It might be my favorite movie of the year. Uh, Lady Bird, that is. Nice. Um, and I just loved it. And it was one of my favorite parts of this week. Excellent. So good. I, I can concur. Uh, let's say we take a break and come back and talk about it. Say what we shall. Say what? Say what? Buddy, I tell you what. I am bummed that we are out of that beer. I really want another one. Well, I tell you what, old buddy, old pal, <laughs> old friend. There's a liquor store you should know about. Here in Chico? Yeah, it's a beer store too. <laughs> Spike's Bottle Shop over 1270 East 1st, bro. I actually know about Spike's Bottle Shop. You know how I know about them? Did you listen to this podcast? I did. In fact, I was part of it, and so were you, and so was Kevin, the owner, in making a special deal for our listeners. It's so exciting. Any purchase, you get 10% off with a passcode? A passcode, password, pa- That's I don't know. What else do we call it? I don't know. It's yeah. A, uh, we'll figure that out. Either way, just say FHC yes, when you go to check out. Fresh Hop Cinema, go get any beer purchase you want, any purchase in the whole store. Promo code. FHC. Get 10% off. Yeah. Spikes Bottle Shop. Promo code. I'm going to say everything like it's the last thing I'm going to say. Roadhouse. We're out. 
I hate California. I want to go to the East Coast. I want to go where culture is, like How New in the York, world did I raise such or at least snob. Connecticut or New Hampshire, where writers live in the get woods. Get into those schools anyway. Mom, you should just go to City College. You know, with your work ethic, just go to City College and then to jail and then back to City College and then maybe you'd learn to pull yourself up and not expect everybody to do everything. <laughs> Lady Bird, is that your given name? Yeah. Why is it in quotes? I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Lady Bird always says that she lives on the wrong side of the tracks, but I always thought that that was like a metaphor. But there are actual train tracks. What she did was very baller. It was very anarchist. Put the magazine back! That was a clip from the new film by Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird, starring Saoirse Ronan and a whole cast of folks um, Saoirse Ronan plays a girl named Christine Ladybird McPherson, who is a 17-year-old senior in high school trying to find her way in the world, uh, naturally driven towards arts, but lives in a, um, well, goes to a school that is very traditional and Catholic and uh, kind of finding her way in life. And the film chronicles her uh, her coming of age in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Do you want to shred some raw data? Yeah, I guess so. There's not a whole lot here, but... Um, it's it's distributed by A24, which is a production studio that has released a lot of films that I and Johnny now, to his knowledge, uh, have loved over the years, including Moonlight, which won an Oscar last year for Best Picture, Ex Machina, The Witch, uh, It Comes at Night, which we haven't seen but want to. You said you did see The Lobster? No, I want to as okay, well. Okay, same. Yeah. Um, a whole, whole ton of films. Um, most, most that we haven't seen, I suppose. One on my oh. bucket list here, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. And I haven't seen that either yet, but I... Oh, Under the Skin? They've done a lot of stuff, guys. Tusk. Dude, Did you see Tusk? Tusk was crazy. Okay. Wow. And oh my God, they did a ghost story. Oh, yeah. Whoa. That's, yes, I should have said that. That's how I... That's when I first was like, okay, I should pay attention to these movies. Yeah, so the studio's doing some legit stuff. Right. Um, do we need to go over like budget or anything? Or we I just- don't think so. I, there's not a declared budget on this film yet. It's just uh, it's just over an hour and a half. It's a nice bite sized film that you can take in. It came out early November in uh, in in a select few theaters and got wide release earlier this week. Uh, today's the thirtieth. Is that correct? Chris? Correct. And uh, so we just started seeing it in theaters this week yeah. for us here in Chico. Yep. And I'm really glad we did. We were skeptical, super yes. skeptical that it wasn't even going to be around mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah, we were going to have to watch like a Bad Mom's Christmas or something. Yeah, it was going to be super lame. So yes. Really glad we. I was. I felt very lucky to watch this movie. Yeah, it is rated R. This is not a film for kids, mostly no. because of language, I think, and some sexual stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a. I'm going to say a comedy. There's, yeah. there's There's some comedy. There's some for real life stuff that goes on. Yeah. It all tastes taste. Ta- taste? It all tastes plague in Sacramento, California, um, which is really relatable for me Yeah, and you, I would assume, because mm-hmm. it's an hour and a half of where we are now. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this? I absolutely friggin' loved it. Hot damn. Um, absolutely loved it. Yeah. I loved every minute of this flick. I really adore it. Like, I do. I yeah. wanted to hug this movie. Another thing off the top is what I said to you before we started recording is that it displaced Toy Story 2 as the highest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes ever. That's pretty legit. It's got a it's got a fresh rating of 100% and it's been and it's still like we said pretty new, but it's holding strong. That is just a testament to the the, mm-hmm. the integrity of of the film. Um also Greta Gerwig, like we said, writer director. I think it's her her directorial debut and I'm going to follow up on that real quick to make sure I'm not just blowing smoke, no, but I, I remember you said it was. Um which almost feels unfair. Go like, back up. Yep. She can't. Uh, this is too good she, of a film for a first time. She was born in Sacramento, California. Oh, well, look at that. That's interesting. And her mom was a nurse. Whoa. 
some uh, some overlaps of story and biography here. Oh my god! And attended she attended an all, all girls, girls Catholic school. This movie was about her, dude. It, it has to be like man. that's crazy, or it's oddly similar. Right. Wow, that explains a lot to me. Somebody that wrote this movie from sure. a perspective of experience, yeah, because sure. it felt yeah. like it was. I mean, it did feel very close to close to the heart. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, no, I, lo- I loved this movie. Yeah. Um, Saoirse Ronan is somebody that I have not really uh, noticed before. I don't. Um, oh, she's legit. She was fantastic. No, um, she's been in a couple of my favorite movies over the last like five or six years. Is that right? Yeah. Lovely Bones and. Oh, is uh, that right? That's yeah, her? That was her. And How We Live Now uh, okay. was really good. Uh, Hannah was cool too. I was going to say she was in Hannah. I just saw that yeah, too. Yeah, she was a baby in Hannah. Yeah, that movie wasn't very good. It was uh, fine, no. right? It, it was, was with Eric Bana. Yeah. And she was like an assassin girl that it's fine. It yeah. was a fine movie. Yeah. And then she had a brief role in uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm. But no, those two movies, Lovely Bones and um, How We Live Now, was How We Live Now was surprisingly good. All right. So <clears throat> I definitely had this this young lady on the radar for a while. And I think thus far, this is her crowning achievement as for an actress. For sure. So good. Like we said, it's the end of November. I'm going to go ahead and peg this as a contender for best actress for Oscar season. I'm going to say that now. I, like I think it. she has a good chance of winning. I like it. Uh, the Another contender that I'm guessing, which I haven't seen yet, is in Three Billboards. Yeah. Uh, there might be somebody in there. We're going to cover that film next week, so I don't want to talk about it too much. But I think that'll be on the map for some stuff. Absolutely. I've already heard Oscar talk about oh, that yeah? movie. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, let's not glaze over everybody else here. Um, the The... Main conflict arises between um, Lady Bird and her mother, mm-hmm. which uh, who you will recognize as uh, Aunt Jackie from the Roseanne series on television. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that at all. She yeah. was so, like a the whole series. She was in that. Yeah, uh, she's played by Laurie Metcalf. Yeah, she's awesome. She is awesome. Um, let's see notable other appearances. There's a couple love interests in this movie that we'll end up talking about. I do not doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, her father, Larry is played by Tracy Letts, who also has sort of a, you assume kind of like this cliche role of like a, um, an un, uninterested, not really involved father, but, uh, it's not exactly, that's not all he is. You find out later in the yeah, film, there's more to so him than just that than cliche. That. Um, so it's, yeah, I kind of want to just open it up. Do you have anything? I took a bunch of notes. Like I said, on my second viewing, I absorbed a lot more than the first time through. So I think I doubled my notes basically. Nice. Um, but I wanted to throw it to you first to open it up. If you had anything you want to talk about. Just going with things we liked or just in general. Just in I love this movie. Yeah. Um, this movie was, was incredibly well written and it was a very believable piece of art. It was very identifiable. Mm-hmm. It, I think no matter what, like socioeconomical background you come from, you will see parts of this movie that you identify with. Sure. Like there was parts of this movie as, you know, a man that maybe my perspective might be a little different than a, a young lady's coming of age story, but there were parts in it that like really hit super close to home with me and the dynamic between her parents and the communication struggles and just yeah figuring out life. And in this movie, a lot of movies tried to do that. Uh, this movie felt dirty and real and didn't feel like a movie. It felt more like a documentary as far as the things that were actually happening. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, but then she was prom queen. You know what I mean? It totally. didn't have that that cookie cutter just like bleh 
that Hollywood does to coming of age movies mm-hmm. a lot, you know. It really reminded me of Edge of Seventeen, just the the realness of it. I mean, yeah. this was a, definitely a different take, um, but yeah, it was so real, so well acted, um, shot really beautifully. <clears throat> there was some really great scenes. I love all the driving scenes. Yeah, you gotta love that. It, it, yeah, I'll, yeah, we'll yeah. Get there. So I mean, front to back, I just really loved Saoirse Ronan's performance. I loved a lot of the acting in this. Like, there wasn't a bad character. No, I mean. There really wasn't. There's characters that you you dislike, which I think is good acting. That's good casting yeah. and good writing. But You're supposed to dislike them, yeah. Right. So overall, absolutely love this movie. Yeah, I think I think you can't say enough good things about, well, certainly Saoirse Ronan's performance, but um, her dynamic with Laurie Metcalf and like the two, I can't imagine a better pairing. For, yeah. Like they're they're both so. Um, what's a good way to put it? Um, fiery for sure. But also their ability to convey like um, an intense love through this facade of of hardness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to read through some of my notes here to see if I can uh, pull any coherent thoughts together. But <laughs> um, actually, I want to go more technical straight away from the uh, just like the editing perspective. You have, uh, and this isn't giving too much away, I don't think, but you have a scene towards the beginning where where Lady Bird with Christine, we'll say we'll say Lady Bird is walking with her friend Julie and they're, they're passing all these houses in a rich neighborhood. And it's basically consistently them in the middle of the frame and the houses behind them changing. And that's a theme that even between the walking scenes and the driving scenes keeps coming back. You see the backgrounds shifting, but the foreground staying the same. Uh, and I really noticed that in the second viewing. Um, and specifically, again, not wanting to give too much away here. There's, there's a scene towards the very end of the film where you get that same concept, except this time the background is the same and the the person in the in the foreground is what changes. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought that was a really nice flip on what we've been accustomed to the whole movie uh, and was very powerful in in the, the context that it was laid out. Um, there's also several sections in the movie where there are these almost comedic cuts, um, which is very much like a David Fincher thing. If you think of like Hot Fuzz or you think of Scott Pilgrim, like these mm-hmm. quick, like boom, boom, boom. Um, but also sometimes in very emotional situations. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it worked really well. Like the, the timing of this movie is so great, both uh, both acting and dialogue, but same with editing. That's a really great point. It's just so fluid. Yeah. And the whole movie flows perfectly. Basically, I don't know if I said this. I said it chronicles like her senior year of high school, but you get this this circular thing from basically like Thanksgiving time to her graduation. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just, yeah, like you're saying, just it's a coming of age thing and they put some nice twists on it that you're not necessarily used to seeing. Um, specifically, the realness of this relationship. They're an under under wealthy family and you kind of get the vibe that her parents um, didn't have much growing up and they're trying to do what they can to provide for her and they're doing the best they can. That's the whole thing. It's they're just doing the, everybody's doing the best they can in this. Yep. Um, and it's such an honest portrait of what life can be like for, for these people. Yeah. And especially the relationship thing, when you're that age, like, unless you're just really like a one in a hundred, mm-hmm. your relationships <clears throat> at that age are going to be awful. For sure. Like they're going to be terrible and they're going to end miserably or they're going to go on miserably. And then you don't even know what makes you happy at that point. Mm-hmm. I was having this conversation with Gianna cause she watched it with me today when we went and she was saying that um, she didn't she didn't necessarily love it because it was such a tried 
a tried storyline, I guess, where you have, especially with regards to the friends, there's a, there's a whole arc in this movie where Ladybird um, leaves one group of friends, tries to meld into another one, and then eventually, uh, I don't want to say that now, I guess, there's a whole, like, a friendship arc that you see in a lot of films well, like this. And it's the dynamic of people that age chameleoning. Exactly, what you're saying. To like, try and impress. <clears throat> and when you're that age, you'll do that for sex, mm-hmm. for friends, for yep. popularity, anything. Yeah. You know, you're just figuring everything out. Yeah. She was saying that was like kind of a negative for her. Like she didn't really like that. Well, she was just saying she'd seen it so many times before and it would, she was hoping for this to kind of break that mold. Mm. Um, But I, I I disagree. I think it works really well. I don't know if it breaks the mold, but I think it might do it better than. Yeah. With certainly with more nuance and a little bit more realistic life things. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about, let's talk about sex and romance Mm -hmm. in this movie real quick. Because there's there's essentially two two love interests that she has throughout the film. Yeah, and they're um, both spectacularly unique. Oh, yes, they are. Um, and let's I guess generalize them without giving stuff away. But there's one she meets early on, uh, after she's started in the theater mm-hmm. at her school, and he's uh, I don't know how would you describe him. His name is Danny. Uh, he's really good at singing. He's a he's a singer. He's a performer. He's very performer y. His family's very well off. He's a clean cut, average looking white dude, basically. Yeah, one of many children in an Irish Catholic family. Sure. I love that scene in the grocery store, by the way. There's so many of you. That's the first time that like you really see her uh her Wit. magnetism. Like she comes up to Danny's like, hey, what's a um just like hammering him with these questions. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that it like... was it's such a stark contrast to the <clears throat> typical awkward teenageness. Totally. And it still is awkward, but different. Yeah. It was a confident awkwardness. Yeah. Like the kind of yeah. appealing, awkward confidence. You know what I mean? It was. It was almost like, because in in her family, it's um, it's her, and it's her brother and his girlfriend that they've kind of taken in, and her parents. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of a social outsider, a little weird. And the first thing she says when she goes up to Danny in the grocery store is like, "Come here often." Like she, <laughs> yeah. Like watched in a movie, and he's like, "What? What?" Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, she just like keeps like hammering him with these, uh, either sentences or questions or whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyways, you get the vibe that he's like her first true love and whatever. Later on, there's another guy that comes into the mix who is basically, I don't know about the opposite, but very different from him. You're very just different. Very, uh, I can't stand that kid. Oh, he's awful. <laughs> yeah. The character, obviously not the actor, but. Yeah. Well, screw the actor too, though. Yeah, for he the right. No, um, I don't like him as a person. Oh yeah. 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 He was that good. In this <laughs> yeah. I just don't like him anymore. <laughs> Um, but anyways, I, I think smoke. that it, the dynamic, yeah, I only smoke, I only whatever, smoke rolled cigarettes. <coughs> I don't Excuse like, me. I don't like money. Yeah. He was, he was a very cliche character on, on sort of the, uh, the nonconformist angsty teenager thing. He was a bass player. He's in a band. Yeah. He's a bass player in a band. In like an alt band. Um, I can't remember what, I think it was, it was either pop culture happy hour I was listening to or, uh, film spotting, which is another great film podcast, by the way, guys, if you want to check those out, you should. Um, but they point out what he's reading, which is Howard Zinn's history of the, uh, the people of the United States of America, which is something I had to read in high school. And it's just like the most now in my brain, the most cliche thing you can read to like, look like you care about the history of the world or whatever. And he's like mm-hmm. sitting outside of a cafe, like reading that and smoking his cigarettes and, uh, whatever. Um, he's just like the guy that wants to be alone outside reading a book, but he goes a to a party and yeah. just goes and sits. Everybody hates that guy. Yeah. I think, um, anyways, so you get these really interesting developments and it's all sort of revolving around the bigger picture of, of she and her mom. Um, let's see, what else do I have in my notes here? I don't know. Oh, uh, um, there's some really interesting intertwining themes 
between like Sacramento and faith and family. Like the church is a huge part of this, the Catholic church, um, but not in and of itself necessarily more how it pertains to the establishment, I think. Um, and I'll get into that more in, in the danger zone when we can when we can elaborate a little bit more. Oh, the danger zone is going to be fun for this one. Yeah, I'm going to say a lot because there's not much we can say now. Yeah. Other than that, as far as things we liked, I mean... I just loved all of it. I don't think we can praise this movie enough. I mean, um, it takes you... As a person that went to Catholic school and as a person that has fought with relatives and, and friends and all that, uh, it hits really close to home. It's a very true portrait, like I was saying, of of what life can be like. Yeah. And I really, it was brief, but the human element of Catholic guilt that mm. comes up in this movie was really powerful. Uh, in oh, that one scene. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah it we'll was just there. like heavy and real and identifiable, uh, to people that maybe grew up in church. Yeah. Oh, I know? guess I want to point out this scene too. There's, so that scene that you're talking, if it's the one that I'm, that I'm thinking, um, I didn't catch this the first viewing, but the second time through that scene. So, ah, Danger Zone? Yeah, I guess Danger Zone. We'll save it. Okay. Um, but some really cool transitional stuff and thematic ties that I hadn't noticed. Nice. Um, yeah. But overall, yeah, Ladybird guys, it's going to be in the theaters for a while. You should see it if you're into movies at all. Maybe or my, arts or anything. Maybe my favorite movie of the year, I think. Is that right? I think it's as thus far. Look at us on the same page about this. Viciously on the same page. Um, yeah, I cried a couple times during this movie. Same. I laughed multiple times. Uh, yeah. Um, also, I want to point out, what time did you see this? You saw it at five, at five yesterday? Five. Yeah. What was your demographic of people in the theater? Um, one like college age guy alone mm-hmm. sat two seats down from us uh, and mostly older folks. Yeah. Probably was, yep. 50s, 60s, 70s. It's crazy. That was same. And I saw it in Reno the first time. And today there weren't as many people in the theater, but I saw it at like 11 in Reno, 11 a.m. And well, there that's were timing. That's true, I guess. Yeah. But still, like, I could go see Justice League at 11 a.m. and there would be nobody. Sure. But then there's this movie and it's like all old people. Yeah. And they were busting up. Like, oh, there was okay. an energy and people just got the joke. Because a lot of those people, I'm sure, grew up with religion or maybe are still religious. And there's a lot of religious things in this movie mm-hmm. um, that are really, really funny. Yeah. And they, everyone in my theater was really on the same page, yeah. too. And almost uncomfortably, like, with some of the sexual stuff that gets tossed around, like, to hear it. 75 year olds laughing sort of made me squirm. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, you guys also know what that is. Right. It's like when a kid gets a gets like a sexual innuendo, you're like, you shouldn't know what that means. Yeah. Like, you're too that. young or you're too old. You yeah. shouldn't remember you're that. You're just too old. Yeah. Forget. Yeah. Yeah. But. So, no, it was a fun demographic. And yeah, there was definitely things that hit close to home. Like, yeah. Probably the biggest one was um, when something important was happening and you have to go shop for clothes at a thrift store. Mm-hmm. That was like my whole childhood. Yeah. And it was like, oof. Yeah. You know, you're going to a formal event and you have to go try on things. You're, you're going to a formal event with people outside of your social class. Yeah. And, and you, you have to put on airs to impress those people for whatever reason. And something that you should have tailored, you're trying to find at a thrift store. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just, it really, it took me back. It was really heavy, but I liked the way they did it. Yeah. It was uh, good. So then question for you, anything else you want to cover before the danger zone? Um, no, I don't think we need to go too deep into the plot or anything. I think we've pretty much covered it and highly recommended it. Mm-hmm, so no, mm-hmm. I mean, other than this beer, uh, if you want to cover it, I'm actually good. I think we'll have our hands full between the next beer for the danger zone and then our last segment. Ooh, surprise. Segment. Um, yeah, but, um, as a quick, quick reminder slash warning for anybody that's never heard it, we're going to take a break, come back with our danger zone segment. Uh, we talk about the movie, like we've all just come from the theater. 
We're not going to worry about spoilers. We're going to assume that you've seen it or mm-hmm. you don't want to. Yep. Um, but this is a movie you want to see. Absolutely. Uh, and this is going to be, I feel like, a particularly juicy Danger Zone. I think so, too. Do you want to rate the movie now? I think we should. Yeah. It's a 10. It's a 10. It's a fucking perfect No, like, I, I love, love this it. movie. Yeah, it's so good. I'm going to toast you to that. All right, man. Yeah. To Ladybird. All right. We will be right back. Johnny, I have bad news. What is the bad news? All of my podcasts are gone. They're just gone from my phone. I'm out of podcasts. Well, you ate them? What happened? They're just gone. I don't know, man. I need something else to listen to. You have any ideas? Yeah, you should for sure listen to a book. What do you mean? This like an audio book? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like reading, but you don't have to read. You can do stuff with your hands while you're doing it. Yeah, it's like getting read a story. Where can I get one of those? Um, you're going to want to go to Audible and check it out. I've heard of Audible. They have over 180,000 titles, don't they? That's correct. And it's available on any smartphone. And right now, for listeners of this podcast, we have a special promo with them. If you go to audibletrial.com slash FHC, you get a free 30-day trial and a risk-free download of any book you want. That's insane. Here's the thing, though. I, I'm sure I'll love it, but if I don't love it, can I keep my download? If you decide you don't want your Audible subscription, you can cancel anytime within 30 days and keep the free book. Well, that's crazy. I'm just going to go over to audibletrial.com slash FHC and get that download now. I highly recommend you do. Welcome to the Danger Zone. Johnny's pouring a beer, our, our, uh, our second beer of the night. It's so pretty. And um, before we get to that, we're going we're gonna to spoil some stuff about this movie that we were getting at in the second segment. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to go first, I think. Ooh. If that's cool. Yeah. There was something I mentioned earlier, or actually you mentioned it, about the scene of the Catholic guilt scene, right? Yeah. I assume, again, spoiler alerts for Ladybird, guys. I'm extra laying that down because this movie is so important. Yeah. No, it's getting- Go watch it and then come back if you haven't seen it. Um, You were talking about the scene where he, Danny comes out as gay to her, or he doesn't really come out, right? He's like, he just opens up to her about yeah. his fears. Because she caught him making out with a dude in a bathroom Correct. after like a play. Yes, it was. Yeah, they all went out to celebrate, and then there was a line in the girls' bathroom, and then she went to the boys' bathroom, and Danny was making out with another boy. Quick cut to them in the car, singing along to Dave Matthews, Crash Into Me. You expound on who they is. Sure. The uh, two boys? <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so she's obviously crushed. Yes. So her and her best friend. Julie. Julie, paid, played by Beanie Fieldstein. Yes. Um, by birth, Elizabeth. Her given name yeah, is Elizabeth. She somehow Elizabeth. chooses to go by Beanie. Right. Um, In real life, again, the actress or the character's name is Julie. But yeah, they cut to this scene where they're fully like reclined in the vehicle, and Dave Matthews Band Crash is playing, and they're just singing along. I and- think I can I can make it so that it's playing right now. Hang on. Okay. So they're laying there, and this is happening. And they're just weeping. And they both go crash, crash into me. <laughs> and they're just, yeah. baby. It's and it, even then, like when I saw it today, I was I started crying too. Oh, it's so powerful. Like, and she's crying. You can see that she's crushed. It's her first love. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so her initial reaction obviously is is uh, to be hurt. Yeah. Um, she takes it personal, which you do when you're in high school. Sure. Yeah. But then what I love about this character is that Danny ends up showing up at her job at this coffee shop that she gets. Mm-hmm. And he sits down and she's behind the bar and they make eye contact and then they both meet out back. And this is the scene you're talking about where he comes up to her and she's like, what do you want from me? Um, and he's like, I'm sorry for everything. I'm so ashamed. Just please don't tell anybody. I got to tell my parents. It's going to be so hard. And he just breaks down and starts crying. Yeah. And he leads with, you know, I'd never meant to hurt you. Like, I'm sorry for everything. And then you see, yeah, the breakdown. Right. And the just massive fear 
you know, and the guilt. Yeah. And then she flips a switch. She goes from being mad to being a comforting figure. Yeah. And just gives him like the biggest hug and he just starts like rackingly oh, sobbing. Was, oh, it's so hard to watch. Yeah. It Even was now. Yeah. Uh. No, it was just this raw emotional and you felt really like his, this character is just really terrified of his family finding out that he's gay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and she's just embracing him while he's sobbing and saying, don't worry, I'm not going to tell anyone. Yeah, like, and she's just comforting, like, it's going to be fine. Yeah. It's fine. She went immediately from, like, hating this dude's guts to, like, yep. really giving a shit about him. Yeah. And it's really cool. Yeah. What I noticed the second time around is that scene immediately cuts to a scene with with the mom in the hospital. She works in a psych hospital, by the way. And th- I guess some more backstory to this. They have their theater teacher. He's a He's a brother. He's a priest, right? And he's a brother. He's a brother. Um, that feels vaguely wrong. I don't know. Uh, he plays Father Leviage, I think. Is that him there? Um, and he is sort of chronically depressed because the, the idea is he had a son that uh, overdosed on drugs a while back. Anyways, um, so he has a breakdown. He has to leave the school. And immediately after this this very touching moment between Lady Bird and Danny, it cuts to the mom. This is the very next scene. It's the very wow. next scene. And you see basically, cause the mom is painted as this same as Ladybird is very hard and calloused when they, when they are attacked, they attack back. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next scene here is, is the mom talking to this, this theater guy and talking to him about his like thoughts of suicide. And he says to her, he says, please don't tell your daughter about this. And she says, of course I wouldn't, I won't tell anybody, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Ladybird says to Danny and it was a really nice parallel about how similar she is to her mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I noticed that and I thought that was really powerful and very uh, poignant. Well, and also different forms of Catholic guilt because both sins are mortal. Suicide. You mean? Yeah. And, yeah, sure. And being gay. Yeah, man, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of sinning going on in the, but I mean, that's in, the, 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 the religious guilt thing is prevalent in both those scenes sure. as well as the, the understanding it's really interesting. I didn't notice either of those. Th- and you see the parallel somewhat with the empathy sure. from the mom and the daughter. Yeah. But it was weird that I didn't think about that, the, the priest being guilty and feeling that guilt too Yeah, in I a different way. I, yeah, in a different way for sure. I think for him it was more like just being, like he just lost a kid and that's hard to, to yeah. handle, I would imagine. You totally. Know? Um, there was another scene that I really noticed that stuck out and it's when Lady Bird writes her college essays and she gets called into the nun's office. Right, and because she goes to a very traditional Catholic girls' school, and the nun says, "I read your college letters, and it's I can tell that you really love Sacramento, yeah, which is funny to us as an audience because the whole movie she's like, I can hate Sacramento, yeah, I need to get out of here, and and she's like, Oh, I do, do I? And the nun says, Yeah, you you write about it with such passion and such attention, attention, basically, yeah, and she's like, Lady was like, Yeah, I guess I pay attention, um, I don't know if I'd say I love it, and then the nun says, uh. Don't you think they might be the same, love and attention? That's such a profound thought, too. It is. And for us as an audience, it opens up this possibility that this whole movie that the mom has been criticizing Ladybird, she's been paying attention to her, um, not necessarily in the way that we might think is healthy or good, but you do get this very intense sense that she loves her daughter so much. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really powerful as well. I, I jotted that down in my notes. Yeah, definitely. And it was an interesting transition in Lady Bird's thoughts too, because like first time she maybe opened her mind up to realize maybe she actually really does where she's love where she's from, mm. you know. And this whole movie is being built up in kind of the traditional 
you hate your hometown. You just keep trying to get totally. out. Totally. Like she's applied to colleges in New York and she's just doing everything she can. She doesn't even want to go to Davis because right. it's so close. It's, it's too only, close. Yeah. It's only a half an hour away, you know? And yeah. And no, she's not going to go to a school who's fucking famous for agriculture <laughs> or whatever she says. <laughs> yeah. Their agricultural department. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. And one of the the things that really define Lady Bird's character in a lot of ways is in the very first scene of the movie where she says, I just want to live through something. Mm. Yeah. And it's such a profound thought because like when you're 17, I think everyone kind of felt that. Like, Did we mention too, this takes place in 2002? Yeah. Um, so I don't know we didn't, but a, a theme that manifests itself is that she wants to go to like the East coast. Right. Yeah. But it's 2002. It's very post nine 11. Yeah. Um, and her and, friend at one point says, but what about terrorism? Yeah, do, what, do you want to go to New York? But like terrorists, and she's yeah. like, don't be a Republican or whatever, which is whatever. But yeah. it was, uh, something, um, anyways, I was going to say one other thing before we get to this beer, um, which is sort of this, this central theme around the movie is that she's constantly reminding people, no, call me Ladybird. Mm-hmm. That's the name that I've given myself. And in the end, uh, she basically has applied to all these schools and she gets into a school in New York and she meets a guy at a party. And the first thing she says is, uh, do you believe in God? And he says, no, that's ridiculous. But he says, no. And she says, why? And he says, it's ridiculous. And she says, um, basically like people, just go their whole lives using a name that their parents decided would be their name, but they can't imagine a God or something. Um, which is, I I'm still, I'm still processing this, I think, but it's this turning point in her character because she then introduces herself as Christine for the first time. Yeah. And, um, I'm trying to find what I wrote in my notes here, but I think it was this idea that, um, cause her whole, her whole thing for the whole movie is like, I need to, I'm not part of this. I need to get out. I need to be my own person. I need to leave and, and develop my own identity. And I think in that moment, she realized that maybe the person that her parents raised her to be wasn't so bad and her family's not so bad. And where she grew up isn't as bad as she made it out to be. And that was a huge turning point too. There's a scene where she goes to a church afterwards and has a really, uh, for, for lack of a better phrase, like a come to Jesus moment about her family. Yeah. And she calls her, her mom and leaves a voicemail and that's the end of the film. But, uh, it's a very, it's a very powerful scene and it's, it's, there's a lot to it and I'm not quite sure that I'm there for really talking about it, expounding yeah. on it. Yeah. There's, there's one scene and it kind of led to a deeper dynamic of her father's character. Um, and it also kind of explained a scene a little bit earlier in the movie. So at one point right. you see her mom, uh, just sitting and it was right after her dad lost his job. Right. Um, and I just kind of assumed she was running over like finances or something, you know, the, working out a budget sure. yeah. because they had just been arguing about money in the scene before. And she's at this yellow legal notepad and she's just writing, 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 oh, right. writing, writing, writing. And she's crumpling up pieces of paper and throwing them all angrily. And then the scene ends and mm-hmm. it doesn't go anywhere. And you just figure she's just being a frustrated mom. Uh, and as they're dropping Lady Bird off at the airport, her dad slips this envelope, this big like mail envelope. Uh, M-A-I-L. It, yes. Well, I mean... I could, don't know what that... I don't know I what a man envelope would be, but it's not that. Don't assume that envelope's gender. <laughs> yeah. That's rude. <clears throat> assume an envelope's gender up in here. It's insensitive. Anyways, this big envelope, he slides it in there, and um, she finally finds it at college, and um, it's all of the notes that her mom had written to her, because mm. she was at the table just trying to get words out, and she just finish halfway and wasn't happy with it or whatever. And she'd just crumple it up and throw it away. 
And her dad like pulled all of them out of the garbage and, and flattened them out and put them in an envelope so she could know that her mom actually like really, truly loves her. Right. It was so powerful. It's intense because you do have these two people between Lady Bird and her mother who um, who feel things very strongly mm-hmm. and very passionately, but are not necessarily the best at communicating those thoughts to each other yeah. specifically um, and have a level of hard-headedness where they know exactly how to... Uh, they're very effective at arguing with each other. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in the living room where uh, her mom is basically telling her that you know, you have no idea how much it costs to raise you and you you just throw it all away and Lady Bird says something like, you just give me a number and I'll get a career one and I'll pay you back so I never have to speak to you again. Mm-hmm. And then her mom says, I, I doubt you could get a job that you'd make that much money. And then it, there's like these moments where they're just like punching each other in the kidneys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's brutal. I also really liked about this, there's a scene where she's just, she and Danny have just like made out for the first time, right? It's after the homecoming dance. And she's she's sort of on cloud nine and she comes home. But we, we're following her basically all the way home. But before she comes in, we cut to the family, the mom and the dad. And they're talking about the start of their financial troubles. And you just feel like this really intense way. You're like, oh, yeah, this is the real world. This is what we're dealing with. And then we come back to her and she walks in. She's super happy. And then those two um, uh, states of being collide. And you got like another powerful moment where... Um, her mom gets on her case and is just like, you didn't fold your clothes. You didn't make your bed. You have to do these things. And Lady Bird says something like, did you ever not put away, was there ever a night you didn't put away your clothes? And don't you wish just once that your mom didn't get mad at you for it? And and her mom says, my, my mom was an abusive alcoholic. And then shuts the door. Yeah. And it, which is also kind of comical, but it gives you a huge window into her life. Like she's really, she's miles better than what her family was. Right. She's just doing what she can yeah. to raise a good kid. Like, yeah. And it was ugh. this weird situation where like Lady Bird just wants to have that cloud nine mm-hmm. last as long as possible sure. before she's brought back down to reality. And then reality comes in the real world and her mom's perspective mm-hmm. just meets her full force. It was interesting. In a lot of ways you felt like your her mom was bringing her down not intentionally. Right. But just like. Oh no. Like, Sometimes it's brutal. Yeah. Just bursting her bubble like hard. I mean, there, yeah, there's so many scenes like that too, where between the two of them, it's Ladybird looking for acceptance and not getting it from her mom. There's a scene where she's trying on dresses for prom. Oh, that was <laughs> fuck me, man. Like, yeah, and yeah, I never thought I would openly weep or not weep, but I, I cried pretty good. Yeah, at a scene where a young girl's trying on dresses in a thrift store, but it was just like, ugh. When she's like, well, "Do you like me?" Yeah, she that was rough. She goes back into the dressing room after trying on a dress, and she says to her mom, "She just goes, I, I just, I wish you liked me." And her mom says, "Of course, I love you." Yeah, and and she's like, "Yeah, but do you like me?" And, and her mother cannot bring herself to say, "I like you the way that you are." Yeah, it's always, it's always like, I, it's always a caveat, like I love you or I want you to be the best you can be. That's exactly what she said. Or, she's like, "I'm just trying to get the best version of yourself out of you," or something. Yeah, and then Lady Bird's like, "What if this is the best version?" And then gives her a look like. Really, bitch. is it though? Yeah, is it? Yeah, um, yeah. The balance of comedy and heartstring pulling in this yeah. film is so. Like, I didn't sometimes. Okay, perfect example. The brother, the theater priest. The, he says to the class, "Okay, we're gonna play a game. Whoever can cry first wins." <laughs> and he cries first. And at first, I was like, "Ah, it's funny." Yeah. And then slowly but surely, he's like really crying. Yeah, like he's having a little mini breakdown. And then it cuts to a scene, and we find out about his kid that that died of a drug overdose. I'm like, "Ooh, yeah." Shit. Like he had the most fuel, and it's yeah. like, "Oh, this is funny." 
oh no, life's actually fucked. Yeah, like, it's uh, mm. it's very good. Yeah, and it was it was just the realness of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just it was like a glimpse into life. Yeah, and it really was. You know, it, universally speaking, I think this movie should be pretty well received in that yeah. regard. Like, the, it's just so real. The last thing I wanted to touch on is what I was saying earlier. There's that final scene, um, where Lady Bird is reflecting on her her life basically in a, in a voicemail to her mother. And the question she asks is to her mom, she says, did you, did you feel emotional the first time you drove through Sacramento? I did. And then there's a scene of her narrating basically, and she's driving her car and it cuts immediately between her in the driver's seat and her mom. Mm. And it's, it's a very powerful scene. I liked it a lot. Um, and that's what I was getting at earlier. I just wanted to clarify, but I thought that was a really nice way to tie it all together. And I also really enjoyed that the movie wasn't so final in the last scene you have, she's trying to end her voicemail and you can see she's kind of struggling for words and she just ends with just like, thank you basically to her mother. Like, just thank you for all that you've done. Yeah. I thought it was really nice. And I was waiting kind of for like a, I'm moving back. Totally. Excuse me. I'm almost going to sneeze. I was going to say bless you, but you didn't. (laughs) Shook it off. Yeah. Professional. But yeah, I was waiting for the, uh, I'm. You know, I was right all along. New York's awesome. Which is what I really loved about this. They didn't do that. No. And they didn't go the other way. Like that, like you said, that not super final closure on any of these characters. Yeah. Cause that's not how people are. No. Like, I, as much as I love a good Disney film or a superhero movie where it ends and every, like the good guy yeah, but wins the, and the, but it's so much more nuanced and none of these people's lives ended when this movie ended. No. And that really was encapsulated well. Mm-hmm. And that's something I don't think you really think about in a lot of movies where like yeah. they're going to keep going on. There's no like final conclusion. Right. And then all of a sudden everyone's all hunky dory mm-hmm. and life's perfect. You know, that's a good point. This movie chose a really great place to end. I, I agree. I, I think it's really realistic. It's relatable and it's up in the air. Cause that's how people are. Yeah. Especially in a relationship like the two of them have the yeah. lady bird and her mom. It's, it, you know, from moment to moment, they can be screaming at each other, or they can be like, "This dress is perfect." Yeah, it's too pink. Yeah, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about this beer. Yeah, shall we? Yeah, you were saying it's you've it's been on your bucket list for like four years. Yeah, I've been wanting to try this beer for a long time. That felt abrupt. Sorry, that was my fault too. <laughs> Go see Lady Bird. It's very, very good. Yes. Okay. I, and we're done. Now we're good. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's all I had. Cool. Yeah, Man, me too. It was I think so good. I want to I'll see, see it again with you if you want to I want to go see it again and again and again. Just let me know when, man. So good. I'll yeah. clean up the theater, guys. That's all I had just, as well. Just let me stay in here. I'll, I'll sweep. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. fine. Let's get a job at the movie theater. That'd be fun. It's a way to get a sponsorship, I guess, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> just put up, put like flyers on the seats while we're cleaning. <laughs> Check out our podcast. Yeah, we review this movie. That's actually a good idea. They, no, they would swipe it off the seat. Not if we got there early before the screenings. Or like before the previews start. Right. Be like, here. Especially gonna, on like opening nights. We're going to review this movie. Oh my God. That's a good idea. Or we could stand outside when people are leaving the theater. Shit. That's a good idea too. We should do this. Dude. We might okay. get kicked out of the theater for like spreading propaganda or something. Maybe. Maybe. It's worth a try. We might have to do it in the parking lot. Sure. Public property. Yeah. Because if we're like disseminating material. Scalper status. Is it disseminating? I'm spreading, yeah. yeah disseminating material. Like reading material. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'll have to look into the legalities of that. Two-Hearted Ale. Two-Hearted Ale. From Bells. I don't remember where Bells is at. Me neither. Is, it, is that the town or is that just the brewery? Comstock, Michigan? It's M-I. 
Yeah, that's got to be Michigan, right? All right. Maine is a weird one, but I think it's MA. I think Maine, yeah, I think MA, yeah. This was packaged on a bunch of numbers. Why are we drinking this beer? What's so special about it? Um, this beer was donated by a listener and okay. Patreon member, Austin. Great. Big shout out. Um, and it is an American IPA. They specify American. Brewed with Centennial hops and bursting with aromas ranging from pine to grapefruit. Uh, and it knocked off Pliny as like the number one rated beer in America. That that can't be correct, is it? Yeah. Just, the number one beer in America? Yeah, just type in like um, Pliny versus Two-Hearted. Yeah, in the meantime, read these people this lovely description. Yeah, I can't see it. I'm sorry, I made there a spot. Here you go. All right. Brewed with 100% Centennial hops from the Pacific Northwest and named after the Two-Hearted River in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. This IPA is bursting with hop aromas ranging from pine to grapefruit from massive hop additions in both the kettle and the fermenter. It's perfectly balanced with a malt backbone and combined with the signature fruity aromas of Bell's House Yeast. Uh, This beer is remarkably drinkable and well-suited for adventures everywhere. Clocks in at 7% ABV. Shelf life six months. It's got a trout on the can, which is exciting because I like fish. After eight years, the Russian River Brewing Company's much ballyhooed Pliny the Elder Ballyhoo. has lost its ranking as the nation's best commercial beer. Instead, a beer from Comstock, Michigan, good call there, uh, has, did you say Michigan or did you say Missouri? I said Michigan. Great. Good call there has captured the palates of the American Homebrewers Association, that's what it was, whose members voted in the 15th annual Best Beers in America survey, Bell's Two-Hearted Ale edged, edged Out Pliny, which came in second. And another Bell beer, Hop Slam, took fifth. Wow, they're doing some good stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, a statement from the brewery was, this is an incredible honor for us. We got our start as homebrewers. That's how my dad got going. So we really identify with the homebrewing community. And that was Laura Bell, the CEO of Bell's, that's really fantastic. You've tasted it once, yes? Yeah. What do you think? It's different. You hate it. No, I don't hate it. <laughs> Honestly, it tastes old. Oh, really? Yeah. When did you say it was canned? It has a bunch of numbers on it. Oh. How about uh, a... Let me see this thing. I don't know. It's one of those. That no, says a pint. Yeah. It it tastes... If they have a signature like brewery yeast flavor, it's kind of... Oh, that smells old. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that kind of bready, again, with a D, bready, like, yeah. Um, what's the word? I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Um, it's not bad. I think it's old. It tastes good, but it definitely tastes past its prime. No, it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't taste good to me. That tastes old. I'm trying How to, do we find out? I'm trying to be gentle. <laughs> no, that is a, oh God, I should know this from the beer industry. Um, um, you really um, should. You we have qualifications here. Yeah, and you've been in the beer industry for years. No, you should know this. It's a uh, Julian date. So if you look up like a Julian date calendar, um, that'll tell you. All right. Well, you tell me the the bottom number on the left. I think it says October fourth, two thousand seventeen. Does that sound right to you? Oh yeah. All right. So it's not that old. No. This is this is not this is not better than Pliny, to me. This beer confuses me. Let me read you the top ten. Here's the beers that won. Okay. Bell's Two-Hearted Ale, mm-hmm. Pliny the Elder, okay. Founders Breakfast Stout, okay. pretty fair. So this is important to note, too. They're not all, obviously, IPAs. Yeah. Uh, number four is Three Floyd's Zombie Dust, which I've never had. It's good. And then Bell's Hop Slam, which was what we said. KBS from Founders, again. Uh, Hetty Topper from The Alchemist. That seems apropos. Uh, Deschutes Fresh Squeezed. I don't know about best, best beers. Uh, Sierra Nevada Celebration. Okay. 
and Sculpin from Ballast Point. Fresh squeezed is a really good beer. It's really good, but it's not like world class. Is I it? don't know. It's it's pretty good. And it's consistent. Like it's oh, a that's really true. consistent IPA. Um, so yeah, this Again, wait, this is worth noting. This is the American Homebrewers Association that voted on this. This isn't uh, necessarily like a rate beer contest or a, sure. um, an official, uh, what's the what the, what's the word? It's not the Oscars. People that taste beers. Like a poll? Yes. Like a consumer What do you report? call people that taste beers professionally? Oh, like a... A sommelier for beer. Um, a Cicerone. Cicerone, thank you. Yeah. yeah. This is not like an official, well, maybe some of them are. I don't know. I'm, I bet a lot of them are. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the American Homebrewers Association is a pretty renowned gaggle of folks. You think? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope so. I'd like to know how many of them there are and how many people voted and all that. I will say the the photo of this beer on their website is not the same color of the beer that poured into our glass. Not even close. This is definitely a yellow on the website, and it's definitely orange in our glass. It's like orangish brown. Yeah. It's very, That's, you know, orangish I'm going to try it again. It's not as good as you, yeah. You seem let be. down. That's a bummer, man. I mean, I'm sorry. It, it happens. I mean, and I was kind of hyped for this. They put uh, the calorie information on their uh, on their website, which is something. Well, that's always nice. I, I guess. The, the, every every beer drinker wants to know how many calories they're taking in. Per yeah, class. right. <laughs> wow. Thanks. Uh, um, I'm yeah. I mean, I like it. I'm not crazy about it. No, I'm not crazy about it. It's fine. Yeah, it's. Mm. What is what do you know about the distribution of this? No clue. Okay. Came back from Southern California. I uh, mean, I do get some so it's 100% Centennial hops, you said that, right? Yeah. Uh which is very Sierra Nevada y mm-hmm. cuz they use a lot of Centennial but as well. But just you smell it. It smells old. It smells off, yeah. It smells off. I wonder if it was because it's only a month and a half old. I wonder if it was uh maybe exposed to heat or something during know. its travels. Yeah. That's always uh it's always sort of a bummer. Sorry, Austin. Austin, your beer is you're booty. The worst. Your beer is booty. I'm just kidding. We love you. Yeah. But yeah, this isn't. It even says on the thing like six months shelf life. Which yeah, is true. So it should have five months left. Yeah, at least four. I don't know, man. It's just like, like you said, bready, mm-hmm. like loaf of bread, mm-hmm. and of the malt is it. It has that aged IPA taste where it's just yep. turning into wet cardboard. I get wet cardboard. Quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm giving this beer a two. Yeah, I was gonna. I don't know about a two. It's not good. I was gonna give like a three because I could drink this. I gave the Angel City IPA a two. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I'm gonna give it a three. I'll give it a three. I would like to try this from the source. I think it could be better. Obviously, a lot of people think that. I don't. Yeah, it smells really old. I don't understand. Mm -mm. Hmm. I really don't understand. Well, if any of you guys have had the two-hearted ale from Bell's, let us know what you think. Also, he got like some there and drank it and then brought this back. Hmm. And I think he still has some left in the four-pack. All right. So I'm going to ask him um, to try one. Great. Let me know how it ranks up because he's had it fresh. And it's supposed to be amazing. And this isn't crisp. No. It's just sad. Yeah, it's very like. I hate to shit all over this beer. No, it's but, fine, like, man. It is what I, it is. I tell everyone that gives us beer, like, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Well, you got to be, right? You got to be. Or else we got no integrity. Right. Um, all right. Well, so, yeah. Sort of a different note than I was expecting to end on. Well, yeah. I guess we're not technically ending, but we're ending our usual show. I'm about to do a shot of bourbon. Sure. Yeah. Let's let's go to a break. Um, if you missed the intro for whatever reason, you skip our ads like 
bunch of losers. Uh, we do have one more segment coming up with our patron and friend, John Wallam. We're going to review one more beer, uh, which will be a surprise if you haven't read the episode description. Don't go read it now. Honor system. Just stay tuned. And we'll be right back. Extra special surprise segment coming at you. And we are back for our final segment of this very special episode. There's a crazy, insane man that broke into our studio and he's throwing beer at us. Yeah, but he brought beer, so yeah. it's, it's all good. But he's like, ah, my name's John Wallace. <laughs> I'm here to drink beer. It's if, just uh, me. <laughs> if this is one of your first times... Uh, Tuning in, John Wallam is sometimes on the show because he's a patron on our Patreon page, and he has the, I don't want to call it a subscription. He's got the golden ticket. The, the partnership level that allows him onto the show, exactly. and we are trying to be better at uh, facilitating that. So what we're doing this last segment is reviewing a beer that John Wallam has picked out and brought for the show, and John, tell us about what that beer is. This is Sticky Nuts from New Glory. Oh, and yeah. I don't even... I don't even have the can to read it. So yeah, Johnny took it. You want to read it? No, you got it. You read it. You, uh, you can read yeah, it. Yeah, he should read it. You're the guest. Johnny, you should read it. You do the dick jokes, but you tell me about your sticky nuts. All right. All right. That was a dick That's joke cool. in and of itself. Wow. Right? I feel very vulnerable right now, folks. <laughs> uh, uh, sticky nuts is a maple pecan imperial stout. It is an American imperial stout brewed with pecan meal and natural flavors. It boasts huge notes of toasted butter pecan and rich maple syrup with a hint of Madagascar bourbon vanilla. Indulge now or age for later. Uh, this beer is from New Glory Craft Brewing out of Sacramento, California. Clocks in at 11.5%, and it was just released last Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, and shout out to uh, Jeremy Vesley for hooking me up with one of those. Beautiful. Sweet. The Fresh Hop Hookup. Hey, oh, oh, absolutely. That dude <laughs> that rang, all the time. That, that rolls off the tongue quite nicely. Yeah. The fresh I, Hop I just, Hookup? I like making shit up. That's good. I'm good at it. This is super pecani. Oh, yeah. Pecani. 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 Also, we're doing something wild and crazy for this segment. We're all standing up. We are all standing we up. We are, as a matter of fact. I like it. The fat guy brought it up. Yeah. Imagine that. Cool. The short like kid's it. bringing it down. Oh. Break it down. Have you, guys, have you guys tasted this beer yet? Because I've only not. smelled it. I have. It tastes divine. I love this beer a lot. It's really good. <laughs> it is. It really, really is. I'm going to step back and, and evaluate it some more. You guys talk for a minute. All right. All right. Let's just evaluate Max's stature. <laughs> His lovely physique. Well... So, what are you getting on the nose? I'm getting a lot of maple, a lot of pecan on the nose. A little um, bit of, little, like, little tinge of brown sugar just on the nose. Immediately heavy butter pecan. Yeah. And I'm only super mm-hmm. familiar because it's my dad's favorite flavor of ice cream. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I grew up eating butter pecan ice cream when I could actually eat ice cream. And it's it spot on nails, like Baskin oh. Robbins butter pecan. Could you imagine, just for a minute, making an ice cream float with this? Hey. Hey. Um, we have a friend who works, let's say, at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, well, now we can't use... No, it's not them. Oh, okay. It's a different place. Oh. Because the people that I'm talking about, we could bring in a beer, which in a lot of places would be illegal. Mm-hmm. But we true. could bring it into this place and say, hey, friends here at Burger King and... Burger King makes the best floats. Could you make a float out of this beer? And the people at Burger King uh, named Hiagmi... And could be like, yeah. Yeah, well, me and Mick. Sure. <laughs> we'll make I you did, a float out of this. I yeah. did not just go and give this person a three liter bottle today. Oh, the old, the one from the share, yeah? yeah? Yeah. That's what you're saying. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. got the fresh hop cinema. Have you, uh, you saw the picture I sent you? I did. Yeah. So he it's did. now, oh, he's seen it. It's now reserved up on the uh, wall of awesomeness. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, let's, let's go around the table and rate these. Uh, let's start with John Wallen. What do you think of this sticky nuts all together? Give me an out of 10. Oh, man. Hold on. Let me let me take a sip real quick here. This is risky because we don't, or our listeners don't maybe know your taste as well as they know ours. Not even close. Well, that's very true. But a lot of the listeners probably know me personally. So some of them for sure. Yeah. yeah. Maybe four. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm going to give it a solid like 9.75. It's Whoa. really good. Ooh, you went into the hundredths too. That's a baller move. I did that on the first time. Yeah, I know. I remembered it. 9.75. That's a it's, bold strategy, Kyle. It's really good. The only reason why I would not give it a perfect 10, it's a little, it's a touch astringent on the on the tail end of it. I could get that. Almost like, the, really like, you ever taste the uh, the membrane of like a walnut or a pecan? Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Don't say membrane. It's just what it's called. You know, <laughs> I don't like it any more than you do, but that's what uh, they call have it. Have you ever tasted a membrane? But you know, you get that really, well, There's a lot really of membrane in child. Birth, just saying. Bitter. No. God, just because you've had kids, <laughs> don't bring that in here. Damn a child it. <laughs> God damn it. Take your placenta and go home. Okay. That's the only thing that could be like a worse tasting note than vacuum. Placenta. Get a little placenta. <laughs> I get some nice, fresh, hot placenta. Yeah, on the afterbirth mm. there, there's a little bit of placenta that I'm making. <laughs> Yeah. Oh Lord! A lot of pithiness on the membrane. Yeah, you know, I mean, I really prefer a nuttier placenta. Uh, I don't this... even know what that would mean. <laughs> I don't either. Johnny, what do you think of this? This is what babies are made. Um, well, now I just am uncomfortable and aroused. I don't know what to think. Uh, no, it's really, really good. Um, I'm gonna give it like an eight two. Really? Yeah, that's high for me. Okay. Yeah, if you listened, you would know that. I think he listens more than anybody. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, wow. I would like it. Um, it's a little thin. Mm-hmm. I would love it if they barrel aged it. Absolutely. You know what would um, really add to it is uh, Nick Landa this for the sherry. Took a uh, beer, put a um, vanilla, vanilla bean. Vanilla bean. Yeah. So, you know what? I think that would add a little something. Nate, uh, just if, we're, if we're talking about history here, Nate Tipton did that first, I think. Yeah. Uh, with with a dragon's milk, he did. Uh, if you're either of those people, or you know what we're talking about, weigh in because I'm not actually sure. Or you guys can just fight to the death about it. That, yeah, I, sure. I mean, I'm gonna yeah. go with that. Oh yeah, and I could give a shout out to those guys. No, but I really do think it was Nate because I remember we were living in the same apart apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, before I, whatever before I moved yep. here in like April. You're the one that first introduced me to Nate. Correct. And now Nate, yeah. I think he's awesome. Yeah, I and, didn't at first. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. I, I just yeah. didn't, just know, I didn't know. It's just it. like a neutral. Like anybody you yeah. meet, you're like, you're a human. Exactly. Um, but anyways, yeah. like we talked about, because I had a tough love and I got one for him. I think, I can't remember the details, but we were going to like vanilla bean a tough love from Crux and nobody that we had known had ever vanilla bean to thing. I'm using that as a verb. Yeah. Vanilla bean to beer before. And we were both came to the conclusion like, I don't know, like what if it goes horribly wrong? Do we want to waste a tough love? And then we're like, no, we can try the dragon's milk because that yeah. one's not crazy expensive no, or hard to get. And it, it was super. We had it at his house. Ha- uh, were you at his house? No, I couldn't drink. Oh, that's you were, right, though. Yes. And then we did the dragon's milk. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I brought a cooler full of yeah, wonderfulness. Always. That's not specific. That could be any time yeah. you yeah. ever show up. You're just coolers. <laughs> super fucking vague. That's any time you've showed up anywhere. I brought shitty beer. There you go. Yeah. Sorry. That was the time you weren't invited. Yeah. Yeah. You stayed home. Well, this is, uh, this is Max Minardi here again. And this is like a 9.8 for me. No, this kidding. is quite tasty. Wow. It is a little bit sweet. Um, this might be one of the few times I would say I liked it a little bit colder than what it's at mm. now. No, I like it. It's getting nuttier as it warms up. You getting more nutty? Yeah, because I'm getting more chocolatey. I'm getting more like placenta. I got yeah. some sticky nuts. That's what I'm getting. Yeah, I like. I don't know. I like because you're sweaty. I like the maple and the <laughs> that too? the pecaniness that jumped out at first, but it's getting a little bit chocolatey and sweet as it warms up. Mm. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of sweet stout. So I think yeah. if I like could let this warm up all the way, I might rate it higher. Really? Yeah. Well, hmm. Not gonna, uh-huh. but it could. Because we're all almost out of this beer, which is a testament to this beer it's, in and of itself. Absolutely. Um, and I didn't eat any pecan pie this year. So oh, This really? is like really filling that void for me. Yeah, because if I don't make it myself, mm-hmm. it's usually filled with dairy and butter. That's and true. And like, it'll just make me feel terrible. Are yeah. you that sensitive to butter too? Yeah, butter is well, just chunky. It's is hard milk. Yeah. 
I guess that's true. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I'm sure you guys probably talked about this earlier, but how was your Thanksgivings? I don't know we you... didn't. We didn't say shit about Thanksgiving. Oh, so hey, uh, Johnny, how was your Thanksgiving? It was really nice. We drove to Sacramento. Wonderful. Had some family time. Had a bonfire that was started with gasoline and fireworks. It was pretty cool. Made some s'mores. Played with little kids. It was fun. Awesome, man. Yeah. Maxwell? It was good. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there because I I mean I could spend I spend time with family and mm-hmm. um, lots of driving around and the dog came with but um, pretty uh pretty standard Thanksgiving like standard yeah um, same here yeah it was just, it was a good time Thanksgiving's always nice we did all the normal Thanksgiving shit John Wallum how was your Thanksgiving it was wonderful we did a ham this year instead of a turkey I, I don't eat ham oh yeah you don't damn like, it you don't like ham I. <laughs> I love ham. <laughs> just, I just don't eat it for moral reasons. That's been about four months now. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe afterwards we'll talk about that. I would love to, but I'm just not not yeah. that I think no. there's right or wrong. I'm literally just curious. Oh, you were here when when it doesn't matter, and we'll talk after. Okay, but yes, no, just just curious. Yeah. That's all. Um, ham bone beer's good though, guys. This beer is a good, good beer. Beer is good. Thanksgiving was good. Cassidy stuffed herself like a little turkey is that possible for a baby or is it at some point are you just like she's, putting food in front of her like she's almost this? a year old so she's eating solid foods yeah. now oh and yeah she sits in her high chair and we put little stuff down and she'll grab it with her hands and eat it does she have teeth uh she's got four of them right now so which mashed ones potatoes which four that's a good question uh, that's yeah. a great I don't, question. I don't understand how babies work so i don't either i'm always so, curious uh she's got her probably her i would assume they were her canines up front sure coming through and then she's got two in the middle on the bottom so are oh, they all on the bottom? No. The canines are on top. Two up top, two down below. I don't know shit that's, about teeth either. Oh, the apparently. canines are the ones that look like they're sharp. Like these oh, are, you, have, you yeah. actually have canines, I believe, on top and bottom. They're the point. All oh, right, sure. Yeah. 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 All right, well. Yep. It's a very ineffective pairing. Like you have the two sharp ones on top and then the two like. Well, they, they overlap. They're not See, to when you just them. did that, they intersected in a very meat grabby kind of way. Okay, that's a common misconception actually because our teeth are not really meant for meat. They're meant for... Uh, this is true. Uh, or herbivorous sex. purposes. So. I thought you were going to go sex. I was my, not. My I don't know what that would be. <laughs> Whatever. Sex. If, if, you're if you're using incisors and canine for sex, you're doing it wrong. I'm or, just, or just saying. listen, maybe. You're doing it right. That's all I'm saying. Sexual biting. I don't know. From the oldest married guy in the room. Um, you Wait, up. you're married though too. I'm very married. But you're saying the oldest, do you mean the longest married or the oldest married? Because you're the oldest and married. married. Both. That's you, right? Yeah. He's the most already given up in the room. Yeah. I've, I've been with my wife since 2001. Okay. It's now 2017. Okay. Well, that's that's quite a while. Yes. Johnny, how long have you been with Shalina? Total. Ugh. Don't say ugh. Shalina, <laughs> <laughs> if you're no, listening. I kind of um, like to think about so it. No, because it was like, fuck, now I have to do math. Uh, we've been married since April. We were together. Um, we've known each other for, what, seven years, six years, probably. Mm-hmm. We were together for a year and a half, something like that. Like oh, two okay. Years before we got hitched. Okay. So, like, three? Sure. Yeah. That sounds good. I'm not qualified to answer this question. So. Yeah. <laughs> math is the worst. You can phone a friend if you need to, just saying. Yeah, that that will lead to worse things, John. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's not a good what way. What do you mean you forgot? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't. What go do you well. mean you drank this beer without me? Well, you only get in trouble when she finds out. I don't think that's a thing we want to condone well, here. Considering she'd be the one that I phone. That's true. That's very that true. No one else yeah. knows. Very true. Like, very there's true. no one I can call. I don't have like a, an assistant that's like, hey, when did I start dating that chick? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Johnny, yes. Here, let me look this up for yeah. you. Let me refer to that. Guys, we're going off the rails. Obviously, 
that's what happens. When sexual biting is really just the point here. Yeah. That was what I was saying. He said sexual biting, and you were like, from the oldest married man in the room. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. You don't use your teeth for that. And I, I thought you were quoting him. Like I thought he said that, and you were like, that's from the oldest married man in the room. You were saying, from the oldest man in the room, here's my statement. Y'all yeah, fucked I get it yep. now. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I think we're done. All right, fair enough. Right? Are we here? I'm there, man. If we're here with Sticky Nuts, get it. Is it around town? You no. Guys? No. It was brewery only. Oh, no. Okay. No, and, it, and I shouldn't say that in such a condescending way. A <laughs> lot of their beers, they are doing brewery only now. If mm. you follow New Glory on Instagram, Facebook, and stuff, they will actually specify on their releases whether they will be getting distribution or they will not. Sweet. So it's kind of a good way to know if you need to go to the brewery and grab it. And this Rad. is one that was not. Again, this is out of Sacramento. So if you're hearing this in Chico, it's a, a as, as towns go, a stone's throw away. It's where Ladybird lives. It is where Ladybird lived mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. Yeah. She's in New York, but yeah, anything, whatever. anything could happen. John Wallum, have you seen Ladybird yet? I have not. I do you? Heard. Do you have? Okay, I haven't heard of you it. You should so. see it. It's both of our favorite movies of the year. Really? Probably. So far. Probably. Wow. All right. Yeah. Star Wars hasn't come out yet, so it's not going to be close. Star Wars will not be close to that. When Star Wars coming me? out? It's Christmas. Christmas. Uh, are you guys going to go see it on Christmas? No. Yes. Well, uh, you're going to see it on Christmas? Yeah. Nice. Christmas mm-hmm. is a Monday. The hell else am I gonna do? I'm gonna be in Modesto, so oh yeah, we, well, you know we should wait till Tuesday to see it together. Is what we should do. I have to work Monday, or I mean Tuesday, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna see it Monday. Sorry, I have to work Tuesday. Oh, you have to work, so, so I'm gonna, gonna see it after Monday work. on Christmas Day. All right, well, nice. Yeah, enjoy being that guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's gonna be fun. We're gonna have Chinese food. It's a tradition. We go to. Oh, the- that's right. That is your. Tra- I forgot about that. You yeah. guys do the Chinese food. Yeah, then. we do the movies and then we we get Chinese food from Gingers. So okay. I feel like there's two two ways to celebrate holidays. One is make the big meal and mm-hmm. do this and celebrate the uh, this. And Gingers everything else is no. Go and get Chinese food and watch a movie. Yeah, Thanksgiving, right. Christmas, for yada, sure. Yada. And last year we started a new tradition where we just like travel and we take a total like weekend to ourselves. Last year was the beach. This year I'm not telling, so you can't find me. All right, that is so arrogant. <laughs> All of our listeners, you can't drag you me can't down. Find you me. guys went to Petaluma, right? Yeah, we spent the weekend in Petaluma. Went to Lagunitas and then right. went to Bodega Bay. Had a whole beach to ourselves. Rad, like three miles in any direction. There were no people. It was crazy. so sorry. I, nice. said, I said Gingers in Orville, but that's not correct. Yeah, no, Gingers is over, um, like in the the Almond Orchard Shopping Center on Pillsbury, like mm-hmm. across from the Trader Joe's over there. Yeah. Huh. It's like two doors down from Chico Taproom. Pretty good stuff. Really good. And they like do Christmas. So yeah. Oh, rad. Yeah. So last year we got like a box of takeout. All right. Well, shoot, awesome. guys. In the meantime, uh, for Johnny Summers, that's John Wallum. And for John Wallum, that's Max Minardi. And for John Wallum, this is Max Minardi. Well, you left him out, though. No. Then. Oh. You got This is The third person's always the worst. <clears throat> for Johnny Summers, this is Max Minardi. Perfect. Uh, this has been Fresh Hop Cinema. We will see you next week for uh, our review, I think, of three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, which we are doing. Yes, it is coming to Chico. Oh, fantastic. Uh, And more delicious beer and uh, off the record more whiskey, I think. Yeah. Seems fair. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly there was some delicious whiskey. Tune in next week for some some sexual biting Mm. and uh, some more of us. Cheers, guys. This is Fresh Hot Cinema.